Welcome to Dave Turner's Seat Yourself podcast series on the hospitality tabletop industry. Dave is the globally known chief evangelist and editor for tabletopjournal.com. This podcast was originally published on the week of March 4th, 2019, and runs for approximately 20 minutes. A non-traditional journalist, Dave has spent nearly 30 years as a sales and marketing executive in the world of hospitality. Hi again, everybody. It's Dave, and I'd like to welcome you back to Seat Yourself Podcast. Welcome back to our regular listeners. And if this is your first time here, Seat Yourself is our 15 to 20 minute podcast on what's happening in the world of hospitality tabletop. And of course, we're coming to you from beautiful Baltimore, right here on the East Coast of the United States. First of all, thank you for all of you who sent so many positive messages on the new layout of our latest Tabletop Journal newsletter that just went out this past week. Your comments are appreciated by our entire team. And if you didn't receive your copy of our newsletter this past week, it's our new bi-monthly uh, newsletter. It's, it's really our only outbound marketing that we do. Let us know and we'll make sure we'll take care of that. This issue in the new format was 14 pages and covers both links to content that is on Tabletop Journal and original content that's only in the newsletter. So if you'd like to receive it, let us know and we'll put you on the distribution list. And thanks also to those of you who've commented on the new website for this podcast. Once again, much appreciated. For those of you who may have missed it, Seat Yourself has its own website now. It's SeatYourselfPodcast.com. And you'll, there you'll find links to all the platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, Spotify, where you can listen to this podcast. And as I said to you last week, soon we'll be on iHeartRadio as well. Our team is working on that now. And as soon as it happens, we'll let you know. But with the new website, it seems like the feature you're liking most is the issue of searchability that we put into it. That new site you can, where, is where you can search by topic or by company. So that really makes it easy for you if you're looking for a particular uh, a segment. So in any event, I'm glad you're liking both the newsletter and the podcast website. We'll continue to tweak both and make adjustments to them. But then again, that's pretty standard for us. By now, you know our ready, fire, aim approach means everything is pretty much under review at all times. So with that, let's get on with this week's episode. We always start each Seat Yourself episode off with a stat of the week. And this week's stat of the week is the number one. Number one is the ranking that Hilton Hotels employees gave the company when it came to ranking the very best companies to work for in the United States, according to Fortune magazine. After being on the list for the past four years, Hilton jumped from number 33 in 2018 to number one this year and became the first hospitality company in history to achieve such a ranking from this business magazine. Hilton president and CEO Chris Nassetta stated, we're in the people business, a business that relies on the talent and the passion of our team to deliver incredible experiences to our guests. Nasetta continued, when we do this, we do it with a relentless focus on creating an exceptional workplace culture for all. And we are really grateful for this meaningful recognition during our milestone 100th year. With over 5,600 properties and nearly 913,000 rooms in 113 countries and territories, Hilton is fulfilling its mission to be the world's most hospitable company. Our hat is off to Hilton Hotels delivering incredible experiences to our guests. Isn't that what it's all really all about? Well done, Hilton. In our opening news story this week, loyal followers of Tabletop Journal know that we're always there to give the love to those in our segment who truly do good deeds by supporting great nonprofit causes. 
Well, one supplier company that continues to do these good deeds is our Cardinal. Beyond providing our industry with phenomenal glassware, barware, and a whole lineup of other tabletop products, our Cardinal is now teaming up with Slow Food USA to help that organization promote change through good, clean, and fair food for all. We are so excited to begin this partnership with Slow Food USA, says Alexander Bollinger, president of our Cardinal. Partnering with an organization that has like-minded values and goals is really important to us. We are continually striving towards green initiatives in order to remain a responsive and innovative company. Slow Food USA is part of the global slow food movement that is creating change in more than 160 countries. Within the U.S., the Slow Food Network consists of more than 150 local chapters and over 6,000 members, including chefs, farmers, businesses, and communities of all types. The first campaign between Art Cardinal and Slow Food USA is called Plant a Seed. The Plant a Seed program kicked off at the end of February with the two organizations creating Plant a Seed kits, which are being disseminated to communities and school gardens and the Slow Foods Chefs Alliance. These kits are filled with seed packets from the group Arc of Taste, and the kits also had Arc Cardinal's Dudson brand Harvest Hall Pots, among other items that they included in the kits as well. Later in the year, Arc Cardinal will be supporting the Slow Foods Chef Summit in Denver and other Slow Food USA programs as well. And you may remember that not long ago, we were telling you about another Arc Cardinal partnership with the folks at One Tree Planted. This is where the company helped plant 3,000 trees in the month of December in California to help replace those who were lost by the wildfires that they had in that state. So besides providing some pretty outstanding glassware and tabletop products, Art Cardinal is doing a few other amazing things as well. Nicely done, Art Cardinal. And by the way, if your company is supporting a great cause, whether it be local, national, or international, make sure you let us know. We'd be happy to show you the love by letting our industry know all about it. In our next news story this week, for regular listeners to see yourself, you know that we've been discussing how grocery stores are one of the major outlets that are siphoning off customers from the restaurant sector. Well, maybe this one should go under the heading of, if you can't beat them, join them. The restaurant chain Salad Works opened its first unit inside a grocery store last February, and the results are in, and they are strong. Good enough, in fact, that Salad Works recently announced that it is expanding the test to two other East Coast grocery store locations with plans to continue the expansion beyond that. One of the keys to the success with real estate inside grocery stores at a real premium, the Salad Works location in the current grocery store, which is a ShopRite in suburban Philly, takes up only a 150 square feet of floor space near the front entrance. With over 100 locations in 17 states currently, the potential for SolidWorks to drive expansion by partnering with retail grocery chains is very strong. So tabletop suppliers, if you have been driving by these grocery stores and viewing them chiefly as competitors for your restaurant customers' guests, you may want to begin to rethink that viewpoint. These locations just may become your new customers much more than, and for products much more than just takeaway and single-service tabletop. In our first company and product segment this week, I want to follow up on something I mentioned that I was looking forward to seeing at the NAFM show in Orlando, and that is the new embossed dinnerware patterns from Rack Porcelain. And while they're upscale in appearance, and frankly, they might work very well in white tablecloth type restaurants, these three new dinnerware collections are designed specifically for use in high volume banqueting and catering operations. Oftentimes, when we think of Rack Porcelain and there are many new products 
from dinnerware that they've launched over the past years, we tend to think of the more sexy, the more flashy products. Products like their Metal Fusion, which has gold, silver, and bronze, and really, truly stunning metallics. Or we think of the wide variety of colors in their very colorful Neo Fusion dinnerware. But the truth is, Rack Porcelain has many white dinnerware options, both classic and contemporary, in their wide range of dinnerware designs. And with names like Helm, Charm, and Soul, these three new white embossed dinnerware collections are all very comprehensive in terms of the items in each collection. And they're also fully functional, meaning they're designed to handle the rigors of high-volume banqueting operations. And to give operators just a little more comfort in their buying decisions, all three of these new collections are made with Rack's high aluminum body, giving it strength that has Balso backed by Rack's lifetime limited chip warranty. The Helm, Charm, and Soul collections from Rack Porcelain come with such a wide range of items that operators should have no problems creating the perfect place settings for the wide range of menus that they have to offer to their guests. Each dinnerware design has rounds, squares, and rectangular shaped plates, and they also have a similar offering of bowls of all types. Cups and saucers also run the full range from small espresso cups to large breakfast cups. We've talked before on Seat Yourself how banqueting and catering operators are looking to differentiate themselves by offering their clients the option of serving their meals on more upscale tabletop products. Well, that definitely is a trend. However, banquet operators also are still demanding that these upscale products perform well both in the front of the house and in the back of the house. Rack Porcelain's new banquet dinnerware lines, Helm, Charm, and Soul, do just that. The fundamental beauty, functionality, and the strength requirements from high-volume users has definitely been designed into these three new dinnerware collections from Rack Porcelain. So if you're in New York tomorrow, you can see the Rack Porcelain's three new dinnerware collections and the final day of the New York Restaurant Show. Or you can simply get in touch with your local Rack, Rack Porcelain representative. I'm sure they'll be happy to show you samples of Helm, Charm, and Soul, and all the products that go with them. They're pretty outstanding. In our next segment on companies and products, I want to talk about a company where I've fallen in love with all over again. And for those of you who know me, you know exactly what I mean. It's a company you might not necessarily be familiar with, but you should be. That company is Germany's Robin Birking. We recently fell in love all over again with Robin Birking at Frankfurt's Ambiente Show. Robin Birking is nearly a 150-year-old premier quality metals company that produces some of the world's finest flatware and cutlery, along with a variety of silver accessories for discriminating hotels and restaurants. But make no mistake about it, Robin Birking products are not for just everyone. But then again, they're not trying to be on every restaurant table either. Let's just say they're picky about their customers. The company's goal is to be with chefs and restaurateurs who use the finest ingredients and with the entire meal is designed with attention paid to every detail. Plus, I would say the folks at Robin Birking like a little flair. And you can see that both in their product designs and the company's collateral materials. Nothing stiff and old-fashioned about Robin Birking, despite its long and prestigious heritage. Quality, yes. Pretension, not so much. In addition to top quality designs and products, Robin Birking produced an annual restaurant guide with their customers from all around the world. The 2019 version has 276 listings, with the culinary hotspots having a combined total of, get this, 150 Michelin stars. In America, for instance, you have three New York City restaurants, Gunter Seeger, Le Bernardin, and The Modern. This is the kind of company that Robin Birking likes to keep. So for restaurant and clubs that truly want to distinguish and differentiate themselves, Robin Birking is definitely a brand you want to know. 
And if you want to learn a little more about this interesting producer of top quality tabletop products, you can check out the story we've just run on Tabletop Journal about Robin Birking's new 12 flatware line. Or you can simply visit their website at robberking.com. That's R-O-B-B-E-B-E-R-K-I-N-G.com. You'll be glad you did. Now here's 60 Seconds with Shannon, where Dave asks Shannon Talon of Edward Allen Company the question of the week. This week, Shannon talks about what makes the perfect manufacturer's sales representative in local markets. Hi, everybody. We're back here with Shannon again. And this week, we're, uh, the question for Shannon is going the other side. is going to the manufacturer and the manufacturer's rep side. But from manufacturing side, we continually hear how difficult it is to find great local sales representatives in every marketplace, it seems like. Shannon, what makes the perfect, quote unquote, local manufacturer's sales rep in a local market, say like Atlanta or in Chicago? And the second part of that is, does the individual marketplace make a difference in the makeup of that perfect rep? I think that the the geography only matters and not what city it is, but what the territory of the manufacturer rep is. If they have a concentrated market like Chicago or Atlanta, uh, that's that's one thing. But if they have to cover multiple states because they've got some rural areas that are that are part of the territory, that can be challenging for a manufacturer's rep because obviously they are only one person and have to cover a greater territory. So I think location matters when it comes to something like that. Uh, when it comes to the the perfect, quote unquote, perfect manufacturer sales rep, it's really simple. You, you we've, And we've talked about this before. You have to be responsive and visible and available and communicative. It's, it's sort of human nature to agree. And it helps if you're knowledgeable a little bit. Yes, knowledgeable, but um, I, I think that if somebody doesn't have, if a, if a DSR doesn't have trust in their local rep, if they don't feel like they're going to get back to them quickly, if they don't feel like they are sharing leads with each other, um, even if it's not the most knowledgeable sales rep, um, the, the most knowledgeable manufacturer rep, those other things are going to take the relationship really far. And so it comes down to those relationship basics, I think, every time. It's funny because the hearing you use the word trust, trust is something that we work, we find comes up in more and more conversations with organizations of all types. Absolutely. The word trust, and we've used, uh, uh, we've addressed the word, uh, the trust issue in two commentaries so far. So it's a big, big component to success at all levels. And, and particularly since manufacturer reps often have to work with multiple distributors and they have to balance those relationships, trust is even more important. Amen. Now, here's Dave with this week's commentary. This week, Dave addresses the issue of organizational agility and why it is so important. In this week's commentary, I want to address the issue of organizational agility. What exactly is agility in an organization and why is it so important? Organizational agility is simply the ability of an organization to renew itself, to adapt to industry changes, to quickly change when change is required, and to ultimately succeed in a rapidly changing industry like we have here in the hospitality sector. Think about it. Our world is getting smaller and smaller. Communication of ideas and concepts go viral in seconds or perhaps days where not long ago these things took months. Improved global logistics today help mean a company's competitors are more likely to come from around the globe than just down the street. And those competitors can spring up as fast as the newest trend is spotted. So the need for agility in an organization is no longer an option. It is fundamental to an organization's success and frankly to its continuation. 
Organizational agility does not mean change that is always responding to the latest fad and chasing customers every whim on a helter-skelter basis, however. In fact, it's just the opposite. Organizations that are agile also have a certain stability or backbone in them that allows them to react and adapt as the company sees fit to the changes that are going on around them. Often companies lose this ability to be agile as they grow. Larger companies can often have the command and control culture that tends to slow them down and be slow to respond to industry changes. In fact, the increasing speed of industries like ours means the landscape looks very different from even just a few years ago, and the future gets more uncertain than ever. When a company's hierarchy sees uncertainty, often the reaction is to double down on what's made them successful in the past. Returning to their comfort zone is a normal and frequent reaction to industry or competitive change. And last week, we talked about the need for courage. In uncertain times, having the knowledge of who you are as a company can allow you to have the courage to be agile when you feel it's necessary, and yet still remain who you are as a company or a brand. It is often this company ethos or sense of purpose that provides the stability that the required agility can come from in an organization. Successful companies going forward in all industries particularly industries as dynamic as ours, need to build a culture that provides both stability and a sense of purpose, a safe and secure home base, if you will, while at the same time allowing for change that corresponds with the pace of the industry it's in. At first, it may seem to say that organizations should be both stable and also have the agility to change quickly. That can seem like a contradiction, but best-in-class organizations that have clear visions of who they are and who they desire to be are generally better suited to be both stable and agile. So where does your organization stand on who it is and what it wants to be as an organization? And what grade might you give your organization on stability? And finally, when was the last time your company or brand was truly agile? The world of business continues to go faster and faster. Successful companies who need to have the agility to take advantage of sudden opportunities and to respond to competitive attacks. Great products will come and great products will go, but the companies that adapt and respond quickly, companies that have great agility, will win the race in the long run. Well, that's it, everybody. That wraps up today's Seat Yourself podcast. I want to thank Shannon Talon for joining us. And of course, I especially want to thank you, our listeners, for joining in today. And finally, I want to thank the Edward Don and Company for sponsoring, in part, this episode of Seat Yourself. Edward Don and Company, everything but the food for nearly 100 years. This is Dave Turner, and we'll see you next time. But always remember, Tabletop Matters. For more information and insights on the hospitality tabletop industry, be sure to check out tabletopjournal.com or email Dave at dt at tabletopjournal.com. Tabletop